seasonal bounty listeners it's cameron davies and it is tuesday so yes this is the promised food philosophy 2 bonus episode now as i said in food philosophy one i do like to look up the meaning of these words that i put out there as themes and the interesting thing about philosophy that not everyone knows is that philosophy is actually a science in fact Back in the old days, not the really old days, but just 300, 400 years ago, when Newton and Copernicus were very cutting-edge physicists, there was no such thing as physicists. They were actually called natural philosophers. Um, so I'm going to try and apply the philosophical, the scientific roots of philosophy to my what I've discovered this last period of time. And this is where it, this is where it's about just having a different attitude, and that is appreciating that some small occurrences to you can be quite important if you can just picture them being broadly true across, if you can prove them as being generally true and they're much more of a swooping statement, they can be quite grounding, and that's exactly what I think this discovery was. Not discovery, but just a... And a re uncovering, I, I uncovered it personally. It has been discovered before, as I will show to you. Okay, and I was enjoying a really nice um, vegetable juice I have, and this is important to take you back to some bonus episodes I did the second half of last year, which we called Food Flavor Theory in a Practice. And in short, it was my philosophy was. Don't add too many different flavor ingredients together because they'll just become mixed up and you won't be able to taste anything and it'll just be confusing on what you're trying to do and you'll kind of waste all those quality ingredients you put into it. So I'm having this really nice um, green juice from Enner and Tom's called Green Boost and it has um, spirulina, uh, celery, uh, kale and at this point you're thinking don't add anything else because it's going to make it all confusing and messing but there was the next choice that really was striking to me because the next choice was lemon juice and lo and behold what did the lemon juice do this is what really caught my attention it more or less drew a clear line around where the other flavors were so that they were separate and showed where they finished so that they were not really messing each other up. They were just clearly distinct, which was that was like, now that is, that is, that's more than just a little simple observation. If I apply some scientific analysis to that, what I call a hypothesis or a theory or, a, you know, an unproven theory, a hypothesis, if I was to show some evidence from research or from practice, I could prove that to be a theory which is a proven scientific hypothesis 
So all I did was just simply make small change in my mind and that was to keep my mouth open for some of these different same flavour examples of how when sour flavours improve the clarity of all the other flavours in the dish. And I didn't have to go far because I was enjoying a, um, a Thai red curry. And, I, and it's been a while since I made a Thai red curry, but I'm pretty sure I remember their directions around the lime was pretty much cut lime in half, squeeze juice into pot, okay, and then put lime into pot. <laughs> so basically you have the entire lime, all the flesh and all the skin goes into the curry. Now, all those other ingredients in there, you know, the the coconut juice, the ginger, the garlic, the chili, and uh, the prawn paste, as well as another um, spice of three, then make a pretty complex, not messy, but it does, they're not really clear what they, all those different flavors are. But lo and behold, what did the lime do in the situation of the, of the Thai curry? It really lets you clearly distinctly taste the umami flavors of the prawn paste and the chilies, uh, along with separately the gingers and the garlics and the other pieces. So it was like, oh wow, that actually confirms what I saw. Uh, and then going across to another place that uses lemon juice in this case is um, Indian curry. So again, Indian curries use quite a number of different flavors and they can become a bit messy because you've got about four or five different strong flavors. But they put a good dose of lemon juice into most Indian curries. And for the first time, I was able to understand why ginger was so important in Indian curries because I, for the first time, I was really able to clearly, distinctly taste the ginger in the curry and go, whoa, that's really special, isn't it? Um, so it did the same thing. So this is where two old established cultures of food um, in both Thai and Indian used examples of my hypothesis about how sour flavors are able to um, kind of clarify and straighten up the flavors. And I thought, well, I need to do what I tell everyone else to do if they've got a science, food science question. Ask an Indian because any Indian knows more about food than most food scientists do. So I went and spoke to my dear Impala, who's a lovely lady, who was able to tell me pretty much, look, the reason we put lemon into the chilies, she didn't say to show it off, but she said, look, if you've put in quality ingredients like quality garlic, quality ginger and spices, it, it makes those clear to the person eating it. So more or less exactly what I think she had been proven was, was exactly what she said. Oh my goodness, Impala, thank you, just made my week. Thank you, my dear. And so there we go as proven by, um, and then I thought, well, I better use my own experiment, but no. So I prepared a good uh, vegetarian salad, so a nice protein salad so that I could have, fill me up but maintain vegetarianism. So it was a good bean salad using lots of different beans and um, a good dose of parsley, but then also using some of this, the great crunchy chili and chili oil sauce I'd spoken about a couple of weeks back now. Um, which is great because it it is a sauce. It's not just raw chili, so it is actually it's not at all spicy. At best, it's a bit warm. Um, but it, the reason it is because it's a chili sauce, so it's been cooked. And what cooking chili does, it re removes the spice. But it also had a good body of garlic put into it as well, so it's a really tasty spice. 
So I put that into my um, my my salad, and also put one and a half lemons into my salad, which I got from my garden because I just as luck as happened, I, I had a few spare and I had my nicks. So I was like, oh, you bitch, thank you. And lo and behold, what did it show? Wow, that salad, that sauce is a sauce. It has other flavors apart from just the the warmth of the chili, the warmth vegetable flavor of the chili. It has a really good body of fresh ginger in there as well. And that was all because I put the lemon juice in with my um, the beans and the parsley. So that was something I think um, we can say has been, a theory has been confirmed um, by 2,000 year old different um, tr culinary traditions of Thai and Indian, but also in my own practical example that if you're making a dish that has a you know has a lot of different flavors in it but you're using good quality ingredients you want to kind of show it off try putting a bit of lemon juice which is an acid or um or a vinegar which is a alkaline but they're both sour which is what the action is achieved by this is by the sour flavor and show how that can work to highlight the different quality ingredients you've put into your dish. So I hope that's some little um, food science lessons you've taken with yourself. Now the other food thinking I've been doing was a bit more or less about the food that we cook, but more about the, the places we go to get experienced food and the culture of food, and that is cafes. So for the last six months, I reckon I've been making it Rather than having a takeaway coffee, I will drink my coffee at the cafe I bought it from. Now, part of that is just because I like to have a long black out of a glass, because it's like champagne. You don't drink champagne out of a cardboard cup, do you? No, you drink it out of a glass. Well, it's the same with a long black as far as I'm concerned. And it also reminded me that, look, we, loved, we used to love cafes, and it's hard to say, now is after COVID, it's just really after our emergency measures of COVID. And that they were still, they, they only, they finished less than a year ago. We've still probably, we're probably only six to nine months past the ending of our emergency measures around COVID. So uh, while COVID is still present, so um, it's a little bit hard to talk about COVID being past. But I think now is a good time for you to go out and remember that we used to love cafes, and guess what? Cafes still love you, so go back there and go and see what love you can get from them. What is it? Is it just a, will it be in the type of coffee and how they prepare it for you, or will it be in a, maybe you like that cake that they prepare on a Tuesday? Or um, what? What? Uh, um, or will it be in some of the, uh, the culture and the community that you get by going into a cafe as well? What is it that you will find? Where do you think you'll get your love in a cafe? But I recommend you to go back and remember that cafes love you too. So thank you very much for your time. And um, um, please be sure to listen out for um, our next broadcast on Saturday. We'll do another uh, Melbourne and um, setting from the South Melbourne markets. So with love and thank you for your time. Stay fresh. Thank you. Goodbye.
Tune into the bounty of the season, get it into you.